Does fear sometimes stand in the way of you taking positive steps in your nursing career? Are you sometimes paralyzed by fear? Fear can be our greatest teacher, so let's talk about it right here on episode 202 of The Nurse Keith Show. Well, hello and welcome to The Nurse Keith Show. Yes, I am grateful as always that you're listening. Whether you're tuning in for the very, very first time, welcome, or you've been hanging out with me for months or years, welcome back. Thank you for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. This podcast is all about you and your nursing career, and I'm here to share education, inspiration, and ideas that can get you moving in a positive and inspired direction. This episode of The Nurse Keith Show is brought to you by OpenMD.com, a search engine that makes high-quality medical information easily accessible to everyone. It searches billions of documents from government agencies, global health organizations, journals, and reference sites. There is no paywall, and it creates incredible visibility of medical information that you need without having to go through all the other stuff that comes up in Google. When you're looking for something you really, really need for your nursing practice, check out openmd.com or head over to nursekeith.com to the resources section and scroll down to OpenMD. Meanwhile, if you want to see the show notes for this episode, you can follow along at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 202. So, dear listener, are you ever afraid? Are you afraid of something happening at work? Are you afraid of working with specific types of patients? Do you feel anxious about going back to school or whatever it happens to be? Fear can manifest in so many ways in the course of our career. First, it starts when we're thinking of applying to nursing school. We're afraid we won't get in. We're afraid that our grades aren't good enough, or our essay wasn't good enough, or there's just too many people applying. Then we're accepted, and we're really afraid. Even when we sit down in that classroom for the very first time, that's when the fear really can manifest because now it's real. Our dreams have come to reality, and we are in nursing school. Oh my God. Fear then comes up when we take our exams, when we're writing care plans, oh, those care plans, and when we walk into that first patient assignment and we feel like we have 10 thumbs and we don't know anything at all. Do you remember that time when you're in your fresh scrubs and your clean white sneakers or whatever they're having you wear at work and you're assigned a patient and you spend 5,000 hours going over the patient's chart to make sure you know everything about them and you walk in the room and you freeze and you don't even know what to say. So start with hello. If you're listening and you are actually in nursing school right now, you know what I mean. And if you're listening and you were in nursing school once upon a time, and I imagine you were if you're a nurse, well, you can remember how that felt and it didn't feel good. Once you graduated from nursing school, that's when imposter syndrome can rear its ugly head. Remember imposter syndrome? You may be a nurse of 
10 years and you may still feel like an imposter sometimes. And remember when you first started working and you thought, why would anyone want to trust me with their life? And why did these people hire me? Can't they see that I don't know anything? Can't they see that I have no idea what I'm doing? Fear manifests in our careers for a variety of reasons, and it also manifests in our personal lives. We can experience fear when we're planning to get married, or have our first, second, third, fourth, or fifth child. Or maybe we experience fear watching our parents age and eventually die. We can be afraid of grieving. We can be afraid of loss before it even happens. And if we have experienced loss, let's say you have very sadly experienced the loss of a child, you may have incredible levels of fear of something happening to your remaining children. That's a very, very common experience in people who have lost children. We can fear our own deaths, and of course, like I said, the deaths of our loved ones. We fear for our children being able to be successful in the world, make it through school, get good grades, get into the best college they possibly can. Fear can rear its ugly head at any given moment. In this time, in 2019, in the 21st century here in the United States or any other country in the world, many people fear for the planet. We fear climate change. We fear rising sea levels, melting ice. We fear so many things. The, the levels of plastic and plasticides and chemicals in the oceans. We fear for the poor, for the war-torn for the disabled, for the lonely, for the isolated, for the dying. So fear manifests on a societal level. We have collective fears, and we could talk, of course, about Carl Jung's idea of the collective unconscious. Then we have fears that manifest within our social group or within our family, our extended family, our nuclear family. Fear is there. Humans are fearful people. And when fear happens in our nursing careers, we need to do something about it because it can really stultify us and hold us back. So once we're ensconced in our nursing careers, fear can take hold in many, many ways. Can you remember maybe the first time you did a catheterization, or the first time you were taught how to do any procedure that brought you anxiety, that you felt like, hmm, I'm not really sure if I can master this. Procedures and learning how to do certain things, those task-based manual things that we do as nurses, those can bring us a great deal of fear and anxiety. For some of us, Job interviews are very fear-inducing, or performance reviews when we have a job and we have our six-month, nine-month, 12-month, whatever performance review, that can be anxiety-producing for many of us. And I mentioned earlier something about school. Well, what about the fear of going back to school? I'm thinking of getting a master's degree, and do you know what I have a fear of? <laughs> I have a fear of statistics. I took statistics 
when I went to get my bachelor's in nursing. And my God, it almost killed me. I mean, retaking algebra before I got my associate's degree in nursing, that almost killed me. I did manage to get an A, but man, I thought I was going to die because I was having memories of my fears of algebra and my fears of my stepfather's ire and anger when I didn't understand something back in high school. So my fear of math has followed me throughout my life and has followed me into my nursing career. So if I go to graduate school, I'm hoping to get a master's of arts instead of a master's in science, in psychology, mind you, so that I don't have to take a full-on graduate statistics course. So you may be laughing, but that is a fear that is perfectly founded because math is not my strong suit and I really don't want it to be and can't be bothered to figure it out. So there's Nurse Keith sharing a fear and I may actually not feel the fear. I may just avoid it by taking an MA instead of an MS and avoiding, gosh, that killer of graduate level statistics. Anyway, I digress. Going back to school, I just mentioned I may go back and get a master's degree in 2019 or 2020 or 2021 or 2022. Stop back and see me in a few months and ask me how I'm doing with that decision. You may be fearful of going to get your DNP or your PhD or your master's in nursing or your bachelor's in nursing. And fear about school can manifest in terms of, like I said, taking statistics and something I don't recommend. It can also have to do with fear of not having enough time for your family, for your job, for your hobbies, for your friends, for your other responsibilities while you're in school and working. It might have to be going into debt to go back to school. That's no fun. Student loans. Maybe you've already paid off your student loans from your bachelor's and Man, you don't want to take on more loans for your master's degree and your PhD, but you know it might be the best thing for your career. Fear can stand in your way. We also can experience fear of burnout and compassion fatigue. I've been burnt out. You may have been burned out, or maybe you're experiencing symptoms of burnout in this very moment, and you're nodding your head. Yep, I am feeling it. We can fear that we're eventually not going to want to be a nurse anymore because we're burnt out or we're tired or we just can't take it anymore. That is a well-founded fear. Many of us walk through this life with fear of conflict. We don't want to conflict. We don't want to have to argue with people or process with people or say, you know, What you said to me the other day really didn't feel good. Can we sit down and talk about it? Can I share with you my experience? That can bring up a lot of fear for people. Fear of conflict is very, very ubiquitous. And we can also just have generalized garden variety fear of the future. Yes, fearing the future. Like I said, that fear of death the fear of the death and illness of our loved ones, but also just fear of the unknown and what the future may bring. So however your fears manifest, they are real, they are worth looking at, 
They're worth trying to unpack and they're worth trying to figure out, well, what do I do with the sphere and how do I move the needle so it no longer is an issue for me and I can take a positive step forward when I truly need to. Now, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about overcoming fear. So stay tuned and we'll be right back for the second half of episode 202 of the Nurse Keith Show. So now we're going to take a pause for the cause for just a moment. Please consider becoming a patron of the Nurse Keith Show, just like other listeners who value this show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support the Nurse Keith Show, you also get some pretty cool premiums and gifts directly from little old me. Please just head over to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Nurse Keith to read all about it. Also, please consider signing up for my newsletter at nursekeith.com. And remember to leave a rating and review of the show over on Apple Podcasts and iTunes or at facebook.com forward slash nursekeithcoaching. And did you know that there are job listings at nursekeith.com? That's right. You can now find jobs from both reload.com and ZipRecruiter in the resources section of nursekeith.com. Finally, if someone you know could benefit from career coaching with me, please consider referring them. And if they become a paying client, you'll receive credit for an hour of coaching with me, and there's no expiration date on that credit, so you can keep it in your back pocket until you need it the most. And remember, you can refer as many people as you like and continue to earn coaching credits with me. What a deal. Anyway, those are my sincere asks of you, dear listener. So now let's dig back into today's topic and episode and hop back into the studio. And we are back. Hello. Thank you for hanging out with me here on episode 202 of the Nurse Keith Show. Again, we've been talking about fear and the ways it can manifest in our personal and professional lives as nurses. And now we're going to dive into overcoming fear, some pointers, some lessons from my own life and the lives of others, and how you can embrace the fear and figure out how to move forward. So fear can be motivating and it can also be a demotivator. And I want you to think about what your fears are trying to tell you. You may have heard the book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers, PhD. It came out quite a few years ago. There have been a number of editions of the book. There'll be a link to it in the show notes. And the perspective of feeling the fear and doing it anyway can be super helpful in many circumstances unless, let's say, you're about to change the dressing on a pick line, you've never done it before, you've never been shown how to do it, you didn't watch the YouTube video, you were asleep in class when they were going over pick line dressing changes, and you're afraid you're going to do something wrong and endanger the patient. That fear is a motivator, and you know what it's motivating you to do? Say to your supervisor or your preceptor or a colleague, you know what? I'm afraid I don't really know how to change a pick line dressing and I don't want to do it. 
until I have the proper training. That is a well-founded fear that you should listen to because you should never let pride get in your way to the point where you are actually doing something that you don't know how to do or don't feel comfortable doing or don't have the proper training to do, and you're endangering perhaps your license and the life or health of the patient because you're too afraid to tell someone you don't know how to do it. So yes, feel the fear and do it anyway, except in certain circumstances when it's probably a good idea to listen to your fear because it is telling you to stop and think and not act just because you think you should. So how can you overcome fear? I have some pointers for you. There are plenty more we can come up with, and I would love to hear from you with those. You can post them on my Facebook page. You can email me at keith at nursekeith.com. Anything you found helpful for overcoming fear and anxiety, I would like to know it and share it with the Nurse Keith Nation. So first, as always, and if you've been listening for a while, you might say, Keith, will you stop mentioning this? But I will say, I am a humongo advocate of psychotherapy and counseling. So that's an avenue for overcoming fear, especially fear that feels almost pathological or that it has a root in your childhood or something that truly needs to be untangled so that you can be freed of it in your adult life. If you're having fear in terms of the direction of your nursing career, you can of course talk to me or another career coach or a life coach, someone who can help you unpack those concerns, shake them loose, and assist you in coming out the other side so that you can overcome that fear and take the positive steps that you need to take in order to move your life and career forward. Next, for overcoming fear, I cannot recommend developing your self-awareness, your self-knowledge, and your emotional intelligence. I cannot recommend that enough. They are keys to dealing with fear because one, If you understand yourself, if you're self-aware, if you understand what your motivators are, the reasons you do things, what has propelled you, what has been the impetus for you in certain parts of your life or career, that self-awareness can save you because it helps you take an objective or as objective as you can get, look at yourself and say, yeah, that fear comes from X, Y, or Z. Now I know what I need to face and perhaps ways in which I can face it down. Emotional intelligence, we've talked about that here on the show before, and I've written about it a lot, and I will keep writing and talking about it because it's so important. Emotional intelligence means that you are able to feel, recognize, and react accordingly to your own emotions and the emotions of others. So if you can read your own emotions, and yes, there are people out there who don't really have a clue what they're actually feeling. If you can be emotionally intelligent, if you can read yourself, read the emotional landscape, be able to give the emotional weather report, as Tom Waits, the singer, once said, if you are aware of the weather in your brain and in your heart, that can also help you move the needle in terms of getting beyond your fears. 
Fear can also be a warning that something isn't right and you can use your fear as a catalyst for change. Let's say there is a nursing student on your floor and she has been assigned to care for one of your patients and you feel afraid that that nursing student doesn't know how to care for your patient properly. That is a fear that is also definitely appropriate and you need to intervene and either keep that nursing student from doing something untoward or spend time with her so that your fears can be allayed as you watch her and then learn that she actually knows what she's doing. So that fear can really help you protect your patient. Another way to overcome and face your fear is to gather your allies and your friends and your loved ones around you, the people you know, like, love, trust, and respect. Lean on them for support in fearful times, in anxious times, in moments in your life where a decision needs to be made, but you just can't make it and you're stuck like a deer in headlights. Your allies are the most important people out there for you when you need them the most, and you can also be an ally for them. So fears can be overcome when you get your posse around you and have them make sure that they have your back so that you can do what you need to do. And I have many, many allies in my life. I have people I lean on all the time for various purposes. I have allies that I, who I lean on around my health, about my own career. I have allies that I go to when I'm thinking about giving a presentation at a conference and I'm having fear, anxiety around the subject matter, I go to Renee Thompson or another friend of mine who is an experienced speaker who can give me some tips and reassure me that I actually know what I'm doing and I can pull it off. I go to people about my fears in relationships, my fears about my son and his wife and, and the struggles they're having. Whatever it happens to be, we can find the allies because we are probably already have them who can help us get through the tough times. Another strategy for overcoming fear or avoiding fear in the bigger picture is to limit your exposure to things that exacerbate your fear. So I'm afraid of snakes. I admit it. I have a fear of snakes. So I avoid being exposed to them. When we go to the zoo, I don't go to the reptile room. I turn tail and I run in the other direction. Now, you could say, well, Keith, you could actually overcome your fear of snakes by exposing yourself to them. And well, not in that way. I mean, being exposed to snakes and holding them or working with a snake trainer so that you can become comfortable in their presence. And you know what? I'll say, I don't want to be comfortable with snakes. I want to turn tail and run the other way. And yes, I live in the desert. There are rattlesnakes and red racers out there. And yeah, a couple of times I've heard a rattle and I've jumped about 10,000 feet in the air and I didn't stick around to find that rattlesnake. I turned tail and ran the other way. <laughs> so limit your exposure to the things that induce excessive fear that you could otherwise avoid. I know people, and I am often one of them, I avoid the news. I don't watch or listen to the news for days or weeks on end. I still know what's going on. I get it through osmosis and through conversation with people and seeing a headline here and there, but I don't go out of my way to get the news. 
And one way I can overcome my fear about what's happening in the world is I get my news from Trevor Noah on The Daily Show or Stephen Colbert, and I laugh my way through the fearful things in the world. And that kind of comedic relief can be really helpful. So these are just some of the ways, some of the strategies and techniques that you can take away right now and employ them in your life. These are the things that when you say, so Keith, what's in it for me? How can I overcome my fear? Here are some ideas to get your engine going. So for one of my mentees, and I am a mentor to a number of people, and it is a joyful experience for me to be a mentor. One of my young mentees, her fear is manifesting right now because She was accepted to an amazing nurse practitioner school in a city that she doesn't know very well, a big American city, and it's a little scary to her to go to a city where she knows almost no one, where she's only visited a couple times, to a very expensive school that will definitely put her in a bunch of debt and will put her in a position of having to survive in a city that's more expensive than wherever she's lived in the past, and where there's just so many obstacles and so many things to deal with in terms of moving to another part of the country where she's never hung out and doesn't have the support system that she needs. However, She is feeling the fear and doing it anyway because she knows in her heart of hearts that it is the right thing to do, that this is the program for her that she worked so hard to get into, that this city will teach her many lessons. And while it might be difficult at times, she will come out stronger. And she is a savvy, brilliant, resourceful, powerful person. She is emotionally intelligent, relationally intelligent incredibly self-aware, and she is going to do incredible work anywhere she goes because she makes friends easily and she has a very strong support system, even though it's not in the city where she will be living. So my mentee, I know she is going to knock it out of the park. She is going to slay that program and that city is going to embrace her, not chew her up and spit her out. And I will be so proud of her for facing her fear and doing it anyway. So if you're feeling fear about your nursing career, first try to unpack whether your fears are founded in reality. If your hospital is in really bad financial straits and is merging with another hospital or is being swallowed up, gobbled up by a big hospital system, Maybe a lot of jobs are on the chopping block and you don't know whether you're going to lose your job or not. That's a reasonable fear. Not being able to pay the bills and, you know, take your kids to the movies and put food on the table. That is a reasonable fear that deserves some attention. Are you being bullied at work? And are you just shaking in your boots and you don't even want to step foot on the unit because that bully will be waiting for you? That is a reasonable fear and you need to take action. Are you fearful because next week you're going to be a circulating nurse in the OR for the very first time and you're totally afraid you're going to screw it up? So look at yourself as objectively as possible. Do you know your stuff? Do you know what your responsibilities are, where things are, and what you're going to need to do as the circulating nurse? Is the fear there because there's a crucial skill or a piece of knowledge that you truly don't have 
or haven't learned? Or is it just what I like to say, garden variety jitters? If it is the former, get the training you need, get the information you need, or say, you know what, I'm not ready. I need another month of training or two weeks of training before I become the circulating nurse on my own independently. And if you think it's just garden variety jitters, maybe you need to feel the fear and do it anyway and make sure you have all your ducks in a row, all your I's dotted, all your T's crossed and go for it and knock it out of the park. It's truly up to you to assess where that fear is coming from. Now, you might not always be the best judge of the relative reasonableness or unreasonableness of your fears. And this is where a career coach, that's me, a therapist, a counselor, a trusted friend, a family member, a colleague, this is where one of those individuals may enter the equation and move the needle for you because you just can't see the forest for the trees. Feeling the fear and doing it anyway is a great strategy, but I want to reiterate one more time that if the fear is around a clinical procedure or something to do with patient care, make sure you do your due diligence and understand where that fear is coming from, because if you're ill-prepared, you definitely want to dig deeper and make sure that fear gets addressed in a concrete way. So when you feel fear, check inside. This is where the emotional intelligence and self-awareness and sensitivity come from. If you don't know, get someone to help you check inside and don't allow hubris, don't allow pride to get in the way of asking for help. And if you can feel the fear and get through it and do it on your own, go for it. It could be a wonderful teacher if you can really appreciate the lessons that it's offering. It's been proven in the last few years that humans are wired for negativity and fear because, you know, when we lived out on that African savanna, fear is what kept us alive because we were hypervigilant. You know, you didn't walk around the savanna in your loincloth, smelling the flowers, not looking around you out of fear because the saber-toothed tiger is going to jump on your back and eat you. But these days, there aren't saber-toothed tigers. Well... Actually, your charge nurse might be one, or that bully on your unit might actually be a saber-toothed tiger in disguise. And there are also other fears out there. Like I said before, climate change, political and social problems, the competitive job market that makes you feel that you'll never be able to find the job you really want, and then the rise of technology, artificial intelligence, robotics, man, So many things to keep us on our toes and so many things about which we can feel fear if we allow ourselves the luxury of feeling that fear. And whether it's founded or not, the fear is there and then we have to do something with it. So if you're feeling the fear, allow yourself the time to digest what it is, what it means, how it feels in your body, and then act when you're ready. And then sit back and think and feel what to do if you're not ready. Because if you're truly not ready and the fear is keeping you back because you really should be kept back, that is a message to heed. So remember, ask for help, admit your fear, and remember 
that admitting fear is truly a sign of strength. Well, there you have it. Thank you for listening to The Nurse Keith Show. Remember that the show notes for this episode are at the very scary nursekeith.com forward slash episode 202. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered from this episode and less fearful. And I want you to take inspired action every day in the interest of your professional satisfaction and personal and career development. And remember that this episode of The Nurse Keith Show is brought to you by OpenMD.com, a search engine that makes high-quality medical information easily accessible for everyone. OpenMD searches billions of documents from government agencies, global health organizations, medical journals, and reputable reference sites. Their approach increases the visibility of the medical information that you need, and it winnows out the stuff from spurious commercial and user-generated content that is not going to give you what you truly need. So if you work at an institution or you're self-employed as a nurse and you do not have access to UpToDate or Hippocrates or any of those other programs and platforms with a paywall, know that OpenMD.com is there for you and you don't need to pay anything to access all of this excellent medical and clinical information. Head over to NurseKeith.com to the resources drop-down menu to find OpenMD.com. My thanks to OpenMD.com for their generous support of this episode of The Nurse Keith Show. Remember, the show notes are at nursekeith.com episode 202. And I want to thank Tim Hollowell and his team at thepodcastinggroup.com for their incredible services of editing and production of the show. And I want to thank Mark Cappiespeason for his excellent handling of social media and promotion, namely Facebook and Instagram, where he kills it every day in the interest of bringing you the best content on those platforms. Stay positive, care for yourself and others, take inspired action in the interest of your career, and tune in again and again as we explore how to take your life and your nursing career to the next level. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch, and adios till next time from Nurse Keith here in beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico. I'm out. <laughs>